A listener note. This podcast contains very strong language. The forgotten story of The Colourful Eleven Tragedy. How a plane crash in Suriname in 1989 claimed the lives of 176 people, including 15 Dutch footballers. Written by Nick Miller. Forgotten Stories of Football, from The Guardian. Edu Nandlal couldn't sleep. Many of the other passengers on Suriname Airways Flight 764 from Amsterdam Schiphol to Paramaribo Zanderay had decided to get some rest on the 12-hour journey. But this was the first time Nandlal had returned to Suriname since leaving for the Netherlands after the military coup in 1980. He wanted to see home as the plane approached. Most were still sleeping when the flight began its descent in the early hours of Wednesday the 7th of June 1989. Nandlal looked out of the window and saw the lights from houses in the jungle shining. Then he felt something hit the plane. And then something else. Shit, he thought. I'm dead. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Forgotten Stories of Football The Forgotten Story of The Colourful Eleven Tragedy The Colourful Eleven was the initiative of Sonny Hasno, a Dutch Surinamese social worker based in Amsterdam. Hasno frequently worked in the most deprived areas of the city, where many fellow immigrants lived. Hasno noticed children in these areas tended to benefit hugely from football, Their behaviour was generally better and they were more likely to engage and connect with wider Dutch society. Thus, he decided to try raising money and awareness of their plight and the profile of Dutch Surinamese footballers by bringing together a team of such men to play some exhibition games. The first matches were played in the Netherlands in 1986. They took place without huge national fanfare, but... That was only half the point. The games had a festival atmosphere, with food and Surinamese music. Players such as Reggie Blinker and Ken Munkow made appearances for what became known as the Chlorike Elftal, the colourful eleven. 
1989, plans were made to take the Games home. The team would take part in a mini-tournament with three other teams in Paramaribo, Suriname's capital, and the hope was that some of Dutch football's biggest names would take part. The previous year's European Championship winning squad featured a number of players from a Surinamese background, Aaron Vinter, Gerald Vandenberg, Frank Rijkaard, and, of course, Rud Hullet. If some of those Dutch heroes could make the trip, the team's profile would grow enormously. But, perhaps predictably, their employers weren't so keen. Hullet and Rijkaard played for Milan, who weren't happy for their stars to make an unnecessary transatlantic journey at the end of a long season. Similarly, Henk Fraser, who had made his international debut earlier that year, joined Winter, Brian Roy, forward Henny Mayer and goalkeeper Stanley Menzo in being denied permission to travel by Ajax. Menzo and Mayer ignored these instructions and flew out to Suriname separately on the 5th of June, ostensibly going on holiday, but with the intention of playing anyway. On the 6th of June, the rest of the squad gathered at Schiphol Airport. The atmosphere among the 17 players, plus coach Nick Steenstra, was celebratory. The stars might have been absent, but there was plenty of talent. FC Twente, defender Andy Scarman, decided to go rather than play in the Toulon tournament, at least in part, so he could take his mother and aunt on the trip home. Steve Van Dorpel was about to sign for Roda Yese after tearing Ajax apart earlier that season. Andro Connell was a rising star and colourful character who would regularly roller skate to training. Nandlal, by his own admission, wasn't the most talented player in the world. He was more of a workhorse, a midfield grafter who had forged a decent career in the Netherlands since arriving in 1980, aged 18. This was the first time I'd been back to Suriname since leaving, he says. All my friends were saying they were going to sleep, but I wanted to stay awake to see the landing. The flight was delayed by 12 hours because the plane was late arriving from Miami. Still, the mood was cheerful as the players boarded the Antony Nesti, a 20-year-old DC-8 named after Surinamese swimmer who won gold at the 1988 Olympics. Everything was good when we left, says Nandlal. There was a band, the Draver Boys, who played music on the plane. The whole flight over the sea was perfect. The footballers played cards, the Draver Boys sang, and anyone who could sleep through all that got some rest. As they approached Zanderai Airport, about 45 kilometres south of Paramaribo, Nandlal looked out. I could see the lights of the small houses in the jungle, he says. It was dark, so that's all I could see. About 20 minutes before landing, the cockpit received a weather report which told them visibility was at around 900 metres because of fog. This, apparently, took them by surprise as visibility was previously judged at about 6 kilometres. Captain Will Rogers decided to deploy the instrument landing system ILS, designed to help planes land in poor weather. But he had not been cleared to do so by the control tower at the airport, 
who told them to follow the standard beacon to the runway. Legally, we don't have ILS, said co-pilot Glyn Tobias. We have to use it, said Rogers. The version installed at Zanderai hadn't been properly developed and wasn't supposed to be in use yet. Two attempts at connecting with the ILS were unsuccessful. I don't trust that ILS, said Tobias as they tried for a third time, eventually managing to connect. But the information provided by the ILS wasn't reliable, giving an incorrect approach angle. Yet, Tobias said he could see the runway, and what he could see, more or less, aligned with the ILS information. As they descended, they passed through some low cloud. Tell them to put the runway lights bright, said Rogers, twice. An altitude warning alarm sounded, but it was ignored. The crew deciding to trust the ILS. They descended to 300 feet, 200 feet, 150 feet. It was only then they realised they were coming in too low. Pull up, said the flight engineer Warren Rose. On the cockpit recorder, the sound of the first impact was audible. Pull up, said Rose again. Then, that's it, I'm dead. The plane was coming in so low that one of the wings hit the top of a tree, not visible from the plane because of the fog and cloud. We were going down, then I felt something hitting the airplane, says Nandlal. I thought, shit, something's happening. Everyone started waking up. Then the other wing hit another tree and the plane flipped over and crashed into the ground upside down. Most of the 187 on board, 178 passengers, 9 crew, were killed on impact. Ordwin Linger, a defender for HFC Harlem, survived for three days but died later in hospital. In total, only 11 survived, almost all because they were thrown from the wreckage, plus one dog. Inevitably, the dog was subsequently named Lucky. 15 of the 18 colourful 11 party died. Nandlal survived thanks to a mid-flight act of courtesy towards a man who wasn't even supposed to be on the flight. Yeri Hartrecht was a midfielder who started his career in Ajax's youth ranks, but had slipped down a few levels and had been playing amateur football. His brother, Winnie, a professional who played for Here and Vain, was invited, but could not travel because of his club's involvement in promotion playoffs. He suggested Yeri take his place. During the flight, Hartrecht, a rangy midfielder, was one of those who wanted to get some sleep. Nandlal, a shorter man, offered up his seat, which was near the emergency exit, so had more legroom, and they swapped. I felt a pain in my head. Pain in my ear, says Nandlal. It was totally dark. It was a complete blackout. They found me at 5am. My seat was in the middle of the airplane. I didn't have my seatbelt on, and when they found me, I was near the cockpit. He was discovered by the emergency services about an hour and a half after the crash. Remarkably, the man who heard his cries for help recognised him 
He said, "Hey, Adu, I know you. You were in my class at school." But even with the debris around him, Nandlal didn't comprehend what was happening. He said, "The plane had crashed," and I said, "No. Why are you telling me that? We're here to play football." You can tell I was in deep shock. I could smell gasoline. I heard people screaming, "I'm dying! Help me!" I could hear children screaming. But still, all I could think was, "This is not true. It's a dream. We're landing. We're going to play football." Forgotten stories of football. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Forgotten stories of football. The colorful 11 tragedy. Dutch Surinamese footballer Edu Nandlal had broken his back in the crash. He spent five days in hospital in Paramaribo before being flown back to Holland. He spent 14 months in rehab, some of which was spent in a wheelchair, and he was told he would never walk again. I prayed to God. I said to him, "Can you let me walk a little, only a little? Then I'll feel better. I don't have to play football." Let me walk a little. It was probably more medical expertise than divine intervention, but he eventually did recover. These days he has a limp, but is broadly fine. The two other survivors from the team were Siggy Lenz and Rajan Dahan. Lenz, a tall attacker who was the uncle of the former Sunderland winger Yeremain, never played again, but went on to become an agent. I often wonder. What would have become of those players? He said in a 2014 interview to mark the 25th anniversary of the disaster. Andy Scarman was a great talent. He could have gone to the tournament in Toulon with Young Arangi, but chose Suriname because his mother had not been there for a long time. Florian Viant, Lloyd Duschberg, Yeri Hartrecht, Fred Patrick. Fred was like a little brother to me. Dahan was the only one who played after the crash. Seven months later, he returned to football, but it didn't last long. He became a coach, working at home and abroad, including a stint in Libya. I never do much on the seventh of June, he said in a rare interview in 2016. I was 19 and had a lot of luck. I broke my third vertebrae, tore my shoulder blade, and had a lot of bruises. But because I was so young, 
I was able to work on my recovery very quickly. Virgil Yeomankan, only a year older than Dahan, was the youngest of the colourful Eleven party to lose his life. Reuben Colgendance and Wendell Fraser were 22. Alfred Vendelman, 23. Fritz Huddings and Ruud Dagenar, 25. All the players who died were in their 20s, with the coach Steenstra, the oldest, at 34. Just as some Chapecoense players did before their crash in 2016, in the days before the flight, several of those involved felt uneasy. Nick Steenstra's wife told me she woke up one night and he was lying on his back like he was in a coffin, says Evan Toll, who wrote Destination Zandere, a book about the team and the crash. Andrew Connell said a few days before to his mother, This is strange to say, but just know that I love you. In reality, the cause was more prosaic. Everything that could go wrong, did go wrong, says Toll. Siggy Lenz said that when he stepped onto the plane, he could see it was very old. Some things were just held together with tape. Rogers, the pilot, was a 66-year-old American who should not have been able to captain the flight. Surinamese regulations disqualified anyone over 60 from taking charge of a commercial airline. Additionally, Rogers had recently been suspended from flying after landing on the wrong runway, and his co-pilot Tobias had false identity papers. The crew were hired via a separate company by the airline, SLM, but the relevant checks were not properly carried out. They ignored alarm from the ground proximity warning system that told them the plane was coming in too low, turning off the alarm after a few seconds. Assorted protocols, including use of the ILS, were not observed. The commission, which investigated the crash, concluded that, as a result of the captain's glaring carelessness and recklessness, the aircraft was flown below the published minimum altitudes during the approach. They also placed blame on the airline, who failed to observe the pertinent regulations as well as the procedures concerning qualification and certification during recruitment and employment of the crew members. Of course, this isn't purely a football tragedy. Maurice Slader is a Dutch TV presenter and Andy Scarman's cousin. In 2014, to mark the 25th anniversary of the disaster, Leder went to Suriname to make a documentary about the crash and he found a country that has not, and almost certainly will not, forget. Everybody in one way was involved, says Leder. Everybody lost a family member or someone close. It was intense. A lot of people weren't willing to talk about it because it was really emotional. A lot of people were crying just when I talked about it. The impact was huge. For a lot of people, it felt like yesterday. It's quite a difference to be here in Holland. Here, it became known because of the football players. But over there, it's known as the disaster of the country. The other victims are often forgotten. Most were Surinamese people living in the Netherlands. But three top-ranking military officers were on board too. So many more people were on the plane, says Leda. Young children who were travelling to see their grandparents. A couple who were on their honeymoon. If the football players weren't on that flight, it wouldn't have got as much attention. People say, it's always about the football players. But a lot of people were killed. 
The crash site is now a curious combination of national mourning hub and grave. Two monuments have been erected, but much of the debris was simply buried in the ground where it fell. They dug a hole and put parts of the plane in it, says Leda. But because many years have passed, everything pops up. It was quite intense, painful and weird. While the crash is a national tragedy in Suriname and a fairly well-known story in the Netherlands, it's not thought of in the same way as the Munich air disaster or Supergar or Chapacoense or the Zambia team that was wiped out in 1993. This is partly because none of the players who died were household names. Unlike those four examples, this was not a young, talented team on the verge of greatness. But it's probably also because many of the victims were immigrants, two cultures bridging thousands of miles. In Holland, they say it was a disaster that happened far away, says Toll. It's somewhere between the two lands, and nobody takes responsibility for it. We don't have a culture of thinking of our heroes like they do in England. The only thing we knew was a few pictures on television of the airplane. It's well known by football fans, but it's not like the Busby Babes. After his physical recovery, Nandlal tried to start a normal life. After the crash, I don't worry about football, he says. The biggest problems are in your mind. You need five years, ten years to feel calm, to come to terms with it. Survivor's guilt was inevitable, having escaped the crash that killed so many compatriots. At the beginning, I always thought about my friends, the ones who died. I felt guilty. He's still friends with Siggy Lenz, but also Winnie Hartracht, whose brother died after swapping seats, and their sister. Nandlal scouted a little for FC Utrecht, but in 2002, he started a cleaning company, which he still runs, employing people who might otherwise find getting a job more difficult. Immigrants, those with criminal records, people with learning difficulties. The guilt lingered, but a decade after the crash, it disappeared. He had a son, Riva, but when he was five years old, he was diagnosed with a rare brain tumour. Nandlal received the news with the implausible cruelty that only a random universe can bring. On the 7th of June. Riva died in April 2002. I always said to myself that if you survive an airplane crash, you know what lucky is, says Nandlal. But after my son died, I know what the opposite is. I know both. I know what lucky is, but I also know what shit is. I know the pain. From that day, I felt better about the crash. After my son died, I no longer felt guilty. Talking to Nandlal, a man who has experienced physical and emotional trauma that nobody should have to endure, it's notable that he speaks about his life with no anger. At the pilot, the airline, the universe, as he justifiably could, I don't feel angry. The pilot made a big mistake, he says matter-of-factly. I know what life is. Every 7th of June, I always think about the people who died, not just the football players, all the people who died.
Last year, Nandlal went back to lay flowers at the scene of the crash. It made me feel better, because I could see they still think about the families over there. They don't forget. Colourful Eleven Tragedy was written by Nick Miller. Additional journalism by Rob Smythe. The reader was Raj Gattak. Studio production by Polly Thomas. Theme music composed by Mike Payne. Sound design by Eloise Whitmore and Tony Chernside. Forgotten Stories of Football is brought to you by The Guardian. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 